and welcome to the 10 Minute Techie Podcast. I'm your host, Tony Westcott. Episode 19, Flipped Learning, starts now. is flip learning. TKI defines it as teachers make lessons available to students to be accessed wherever and whenever. Teachers can deliver this instruction by recording and narrating screencasts of work they do on their computers, creating videos of teaching or curating video lessons from trusted internet sites. So what are some of the benefits and positives of flipped learning? Well, it's less passive and more active. So less time students are spending waiting around for their lessons with you. Um, so therefore increasing a bit of student independence and agency over what they're doing with their timetable. Students can uh, pause, rewind and go back. So they're personalizing their learning a little bit more. Uh, it can change the dynamic with home and school. So Fano can be involved. Students can learn a little bit more at home. Um, by also doing it through digital means, you're looking at some digital fluency stuff, and it gives us as teachers some time to do what we do best, which is questioning, supporting, teaching in the moment, and building those uh, relationships, learning relationships with students. So what we might be some of the challenges with flipped learning? I think straight away we're thinking teacher workload. So how am I going to find all of this time to create these videos that um, potentially I'm already going to be teaching and things like that? So I think you can always go towards pre-existing videos. So Khan Academy, Teach Ed, Crash Course, there's some amazing New Zealand um, maths videos on YouTube. I'll put all the links in the show notes. But I think it's, it's sort of that you put the time in to get the time later. So by creating videos, uh, you've got them in your kind of kitty of videos to use later and you're building up a bit of a bank. Um, also, you can work across your syndicate or your team or your school to allocate different areas of the curriculum or different stages that people might be making videos for different levels. And then you can kind of use each other's videos, um, which which kind of increases a little bit of collaboration and looks at students um, seeing that there are other people that they can, can use and utilize as experts in those areas. So potentially we may have to take some time to consider how we might structure our day a bit differently. How might this impact and change our timetables or our programs if students have access to the learning whenever and wherever? You may decide that your flipped learning piece may be before they come and meet you for a session and then they almost come with to you with questions and some preloading. You might find that it then follows the lesson. You might do a lesson and then you have a video of that lesson and they can sort of go back to it as they're doing sort of a follow-up or an independent um, following that. It may be in the homework realm, but also there are some, some things to consider with that, including like the digital divide or whether people have access to the internet and things like that. So potentially I see it as being a powerful tool in class as opposed to out of class. 
There's also perhaps the challenge of how many devices you have access to in your classroom. I think with a rotational type setup, you can um, maximize the use of videos, uh, perhaps a group rotation. There's definitely ways to get around it. It just requires some careful planning and some careful structuring of how you might use this. Challenges are never easy to overcome, but we are such a flexible uh, body of people who can definitely think outside the box in terms of overcoming some of these challenges. It's just about having that growth mindset. So some of the tools you can use to create your own videos or your own content. So Screencastify is an extension that you can get um, through either on a Chromebook or on a laptop through the Chrome extension store and you can record your screen or you can record yourself, which is a really useful tool. It then saves it to Google Drive, amazing. Um, you can use Google Forms to create quizzes and you can embed videos in there or text in there which students may read and answer some questions and then they come to the session with uh, the answers and then you sort of go through that. You could use um, a whiteboarding tool that on an iPad and screen record that. You could use iMovie to sort of put everything together. Um, and then if you would like to go a little bit bigger, there's an excellent tool called Edpuzzle, which I talk about in episode 10 if you wanted to go back and have a little listen, where you can take a pre-existing video or a video you make and add in questions throughout the video or multiple choice questions or points to consider. You can record over it as well. So a couple of tools there to get you started. So some tools to then distribute or get students being able to access this content. Um, you could use Google Classroom if you work with slightly older students. I recommend that from say year seven and eight upwards. Or you can create a Google site where you can embed videos straight from your Google Drive. You can embed all sorts of things actually. Um, and it kind of almost becomes a class website that students can access. They could access it through a QR code. I talk about QR codes um, in another episode and you can learn how you can attach a link to your class website to uh, put your QR code up so students can access it really easily. And next episode, I'm talking about creating Google Sites. So uh, hold on for that if you're looking at Google Sites as a way to distribute your flip learning videos. So my top three tips for getting started with flipped learning. Number one, get used to your own voice and face. <laughs> this is an interesting one. Whenever I work with teachers who are starting out on their flip learning journey, it's that kind of awkward stage of getting through hearing your own voice, um, that pressure of feeling recorded when you know we stand up in front of our kids every day and, and talk. So um, get used to it, um, get over it, I suppose, um, and keep it short and sharp. Uh, they talk about teaching fast, failing fast, um, you know, talking to the kids about how you're just starting this, getting feedback from them, and be open to the fact that it may work, may not work. You may have to play around with it a little bit. You might not get it right the first time. Uh, and, and there'll be a little bit of learning, right, in the techie space around how to create videos that, uh, that meet the needs. Number two, consider how you store and share. So if you're doing it as a school-wide initiative, how might you store the videos so that people can access them? Google Drive is a great one, or using a Google site is fantastic. Uh, then how might you share videos or create a bit of a plan so that other teachers know what videos are being created and can use them if they need be? Number three is student access um, and how they how they might access the videos. So we've talked a little bit about using a Google site or Google Classroom. You want to make this as easy as possible because the last thing you want is students coming up to them up to you in the middle of it and saying, "How do I find the video?" <laughs> so you really want to make it really easy and accessible. Um, and also really consider with your students that 
just because you've made a video for them doesn't mean they know how to learn off a video. We know that students love things like YouTube and watching videos. So we know it's a really um, engaging tool, but how might we explicitly teach students to rewind, pause, go back, take notes, um, listen out for key ideas? And so how might you structure your video or your script if you, if you decide to write a script um, so that it really hits those kind of key things that student, you might be explicitly teaching students to look for. My teacher quote this week comes from the lovely Ellie, who I work with down in Palmerston North, and her school is on a journey around flipped learning. So, And she says, flipping my classroom has allowed so many light bulb moments to spark and success to bloom in my room, where self-doubt and tuning out used to loom. Being able to have the time to connect with every child and be an active, present part of their learning, who wouldn't thrive in that? And I totally agree with her. The time that it may free up within your day isn't about being able to kind of <laughs> tune out either as a kid or a teacher, right? It's about being able to use the time for the things we know are really important and the things we know that help kids learn and connect. So thank you, Ellie. There's a lot of information out there about flip learning. I'll put a couple of links in the show notes if you'd like to read more. There's some great stuff on TKI and some awesome uh, examples from schools that are doing flip learning at the moment and how they do it. Um, but yeah, I think you've got to make it work for you and your students in your school. And even if you just dip your toes in, maybe in one curriculum area, uh, maths is a great one to dip into or your literacy uh, to kind of just see how it goes and see how it rolls. That's all for this week, folks. Um, I could talk about flip learning for so much more. There's so much great information out there and great tips and tricks. Uh, people have been on this journey for a while, so um, read around. I'll put some links in the show notes, and we'll see you next week for Google Sites. Ka kite anua. The 10 Minute Techie podcast is kindly supported by Digital Circus, a Ministry of Education, professional learning and development provider, working with schools all over New Zealand, specialising in digital technologies. Find us at www.digitalcircus.org.nz.